You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Pride is a dangerous thing. Pride is thinking of yourself higher than you ought to. You're going to think of yourself, okay? That's just a given. But pride is thinking of yourself higher than you should. I call it altitude sickness. And if you remain with your head in the clouds, the Bible says that you will come crashing down. It's a common thing to cram right before a big test or stay up late working to meet a deadline. As you'll hear on today's edition of The Simple Truth, Pastor Dion tells you that Jesus knew the deadline of his death was quickly approaching, and he was doing all he could to prepare his disciples for the hardships that they would face. Jesus knew that they needed reformed hearts and restored lives to be able to endure it all. He called them to be ready for opposition from the enemy and to humbly serve others. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 22, with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Psalm 62, verse 6 and 7. Read it out loud with me. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. I love it. And here's the next one, Psalm 121 verse 3. Again, read it with me. The Lord won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep. Not on your life. Your guardian will never doze or sleep. God's your guardian. Right at your side to protect you. God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now and He will guard you always. Love it. Woo! He's got your back. Look at your neighbor again and say, He's got your back. Jesus has our back. He prayed for us. And did you know Jesus' prayers never go unanswered? When Jesus prayed, storms calmed, demons ran, food multiplied, healing happened, and dead were raised. So if He prayed for our faith to stand, I will not be moved. Say it out loud. I will not be moved. He prayed for me. He prayed for me. So Jesus told the 11 disciples, Satan has desired to have you guys, but I've prayed that your faith won't fail. Then Jesus addressed Peter, and He said, and when you have returned to Me, Strengthen your brethren. Peter got defensive. Returned? What do you mean returned? I'm not going anywhere. I'll never forsake you. I'll die with you. Gesta loco whenever I return. I'm not going anywhere. So here he tells them all, hey, listen, Satan's desire to have you guys to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed. 
Then he looks at Peter and says, and when you've returned, strengthen your brethren. What? What? Huh? Have you ever had a season of self-confidence? Feeling bulletproof? I'm invincible, unbreakable, unstoppable. But sometimes our commitment is not as strong as we think it is. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope he's not talking about you right now. Just look at him. Sometimes our commitment is not as strong as we think it is. You see, the Loch Ness monster of compromise or relapse still swims in the depth of our souls. So beware. Look at your neighbor and say, beware. The Apostle Paul, in fact, warned the Corinthians about this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, here's what he said. Read it with me. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Shall we read it again just so that it can soak in? Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. In other words, don't get cocky. Because just when you think that you've got a handle on things, the handle falls off. Jesus exposed Peter's weakness so that he would work at reinforcing it. He would work at strengthening it. He said, hey, listen, when you return, and Peter's like, well, I'm going to return. I'm, I'm, I'm going to die with you. But Jesus is saying, listen, don't get cocky. Recognize that, yeah, you're standing, but take heed lest you fall. And Jesus begins to expose Peter's weakness so that he can reinforce it. Look at verse 34. Here's what Jesus says. Then he said, Jesus, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times, that you will deny three times that you know me. Everybody say, oh, the Loch Ness monster that swims in the depth of our hearts. We are self-confident. Sometimes we feel unstoppable, immovable, and yet... Jesus exposes it so that he can reinforce it. He tells him in advance. And did you know that Jesus gave Peter this warning twice? Everybody said, how many times? Twice! Mama mia, here we go again, right? Twice! Twice in the same day! Everybody say twice. Twice in just a few hours. Twice. See, Jesus told Peter this, once in the upper room that we're reading, recorded here and in John's Gospel, and then Jesus told him again a couple of hours later in the Garden of Gethsemane, recorded by Matthew and Mark in their Gospels. Twice! Peter is either thick-skulled or he has a Teflon brain. Nothing sticks. We laugh, but we aren't all that different. Are there reoccurring messages the Lord has been speaking to you? And if there are, don't be like Peter. When he was addressed with this, both times Peter argued with Jesus. He, he refuted. He denied. 
You're barking up the wrong tree, Jesus. Not me. Never. Everybody said what? Never. I shall never forsake you. I will never abandon you. Everybody said again, what? Never. But I think Peter is practicing the macho law. You know what the macho law is? Macho law prohibits us from admitting our weaknesses. Listen, pride is a dangerous thing. Pride is thinking of yourself higher than you ought to. You're going to think of yourself, okay? That's just a given. But pride is thinking of yourself higher than you should. I call it altitude sickness. And if you remain with your head in the clouds, the Bible says that you will come crashing down. Here's the verse. Here's what it says. Read it with me. Pride comes before the fall. So Jesus was trying to get Peter to embrace his weakness. You will deny me three times before the morning comes. Told him twice. Jesus is trying to get Peter to embrace his weakness. To ask the Lord for help and strength. In fact, the great Apostle Paul told his congregation this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Read it with me. Every weakness you have is an opportunity for God to show His strength in your life. So don't try to hide your weakness. In fact, hey, embrace that weakness. Because every weakness you have is an opportunity for God to show His strength in your life. So let go of your ego, your pride, and your self-sufficiency. Remember, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Let's read that last part out loud. He gives what? Grace to the humble. I love it. So in the upper room, Jesus reinforced His disciples so they would be able to weather Satan's attacks. So they would be able to weather personal weakness. And now Jesus is going to reinforce them so that they're able to weather coming pressures. Say that out loud. What? Coming Because He's about to go to the cross. So He wants them to be prepared. It's the reinforcement. He wants them to be prepared for coming pressures. Look at verse 35. And Jesus said to them, When I sent you without money bag knapsack, and sandals. Did you lack anything? So they said, nothing. Then he said to them, but now. Say that out loud, what? But now, he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garments and buy one. For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. He's quoting the verse. What's going to happen to him? For the things concerning me have an end. So they said, Lord, look here are two swords. And he said to them, it's enough. Coming pressures. Jesus was explaining that after he leaves, talking about his crucifixion, it's not the end for them. It's just the beginning. 
And times will get tough. But when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Give yourselves a hand. Woo! At least the tough one said it out loud. So when the going gets tough, he's telling him when the going gets tough, the tough get going. See, living a godly life in an ungodly world will require that we, here's the phrase, that we do what? That we gear up. Look at your neighbor and say, gear up. Jesus wants us to be prepared for coming pressures without his presence on the earth. So he says, I want you guys to gear up. Gear up with preparation and perseverance. Gear up. Look at your neighbor again and say, gear up. When Jesus mentions sacks and swords, he wasn't speaking literally. All right? Jesus says, hey, remember when I sent you out and I told you not to take a knapsack and I told you not to take extra food and I told you not to take extra clothing and I told you not to take any kind of protection for you just to go out there and remember, what did you lack? They said, nothing. And he said, but now. Everybody said, now what? But now. And he mentions the thing. Now, you know, make sure you have a sack. Make sure you have swords. But he's not talking literally. The disciples started taking inventory right away. Hey, hey, we got two swords. Is this going to be enough? Talk about lost in translation, you know. The disciples, you know, their pickup doesn't haul a full load. They're missing it. Say it out loud. They're missing it. Kind of like the story of a little boy who was playing outside with his friend at grandma's house. He ran in and asked his grandma, what is it called when two people sleep in the same room, one on top of the other? His grandma was, was surprised at such a forthright question from a seven-year-old. But she decided to answer it as honestly as she could. Well, she said hesitantly, it's called sexual intercourse. Oh, okay, the boy said, and ran back outside to play. A few minutes later, he came back in and said angrily, Grandma! It isn't called sexual intercourse. It's called bunk beds. And Jimmy's mom wants to have a talk with you. <laughs> the disciples were as wrong as grandma. They got it wrong. Everybody said they got it wrong. Jesus wasn't talking about hoarding food, guns, and ammo. Jesus was talking about being ready to face the coming challenges without his physical presence. In order to finish well, that's the statement. Everybody say what? Finish well. In order to finish well, they need preparation and perseverance. The same is true for us. We live in a time without Jesus' physical presence. Thank God we have the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? God's presence with us. But here's the fact. Because we live without Jesus' physical presence, there's a lot of challenges that we face. Temptations, persecutions, all of the, the distresses of life, the circumstances that befall us because we're fallen people in a fallen world. So what we need is not guns and ammo and stored food and have a little basement filled with ready. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about be prepared for living and finishing well 
And it's going to take preparation and perseverance. Here's how one New Testament pastor put it, and it's our last verse of the morning. You ready for it? Here we go. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Now, let's pause right there. You know which sin that is. We're talking about finishing well. He was telling His disciples, in order to get through without my physical presence, I want you to prepare and persevere. Alright? Same is true with us. We have a responsibility to prepare and persevere. The first thing we've got to do is shave off or uh, shake off Shake it off, shake it off. You're right, right. Shake it off any of those sins that so easily trip you up. So identify it. It's the thing that keeps on bringing you guilt, bringing you condemnation. It's the sin that keeps on stumbling you time after time after time. Identify it, he says, and shake it off. Look, look at your neighbor and say, cut it off. Get rid of it. Let go. Pastor, but it's so hard. Let go. Let's continue to read. And let us run with endurance. There's a big word. Everybody said what? Endurance. That's perseverance. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Now listen, every single one of us has, is in this Christian race, is in this marathon that we call Christian living. It's not a sprint. It's not to see how much you can learn in the shortest time. It's not to see how fast you can get through the Bible. It's not so, you know, how fast you can, you can accomplish or reach certain goals. It's a, this is a marathon. It is a process. We are in progress. We are under construction. And life, every single one of us, life throws us different challenges. Different circumstances. And he says, so hey, listen, first of all, strip off those things that are tripping you up and keeping you from the race. And then start running with endurance the race that is set before you. You might look at somebody else's life and see how sweet their life looks. You might look at somebody else and say, look, man, they seem like they don't have any problems. Everything's always peachy. Look at Pastor Dion. He always has a smile. Everything's going so well. What about me? Keep running. He says, endure. Run with endurance the race God set before you. Each of us has our own obstacles, our own circumstances, but keep running. And then he says this, we do this, we endure by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Keeping your eyes on who? Not your neighbor, not your Christian brothers or sisters. Not even your pastor. 
And I work hard to model for you the best that I can. But I am not, uh, by any means, the person you should look to. The person you should look to is the Lord Jesus Christ. I will model. I will be faithful. But I make mistakes. I am human. I have weaknesses. There are so many Christians who lose faith, quit the race, who throw in the towel because they've had their eyes on something or someone else. So don't. You endure by keeping your eyes on Jesus. Following His model. He tells us what the model is. Because of the joy awaiting Him, Jesus endured the cross. Disregarding its shame. Now, He is seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility He endured from sinful people. Then, you won't become weary and give up. In other words, guys, follow Jesus' example and keep on trucking. Keep on persevering. Keep moving forward. And don't lose sight of the One who holds you. Of the One who you are serving with the One who saved you. Don't lose sight of that. And then, He says, God will reward our loyalty and faithfulness. God will. Whatever the obstacle, whatever the challenge, whatever's out there, you're not throwing in the towel because you have your eyes on the One who continues to hold you, who saved you, who delivered you, who is leading you and guiding you into all truth. Keep your eyes on Him. It's like that huge light tower that keeps you knowing exactly where you should go. Jesus, we keep our eyes on Him. He is the beaming, shining light that leads us to safety, that leads us to promise, that leads us to blessing. So keep our eyes on Him and keep on trucking. So will you look at your neighbor and tell him, keep on trucking, man. Keep on trucking. And listen, all of us here, we've been doing it. But there are some out there who have given up, who have thrown in the towel, who have tapped out. It's them we need to encourage. Take them this CD. Ask them to listen to it. Show them where the app is. That app is a wonderful platform for the Word of God to go forth. If you haven't gotten the app yet, our church app, get it. All of our messages every Sunday morning is on there so that they're able to watch. Or maybe you need a refresh, a remind, right? I know you guys are very sharp, but in case, soak it in. Let the Lord speak to your heart. Let it change and transform you. That's what they need. So encourage them. We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the book of Luke, one of the narratives of Jesus' life on earth. Luke's perspective emphasizes the human interactions that Jesus had. 
His time spent caring deeply for people, no matter who they were or what their story was. Jesus cares for you in the same way. He knows what your background is, but that hasn't changed his opinion of you. He just wants to get to know you and show you what unconditional love is. His grace is big enough to cover all of your sins, and he's offering you a new life today. We'd love to tell you more, so please give us a call. We'll share how Jesus can impact your life forever and what steps you can take to begin a relationship with him. Our phone number is 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved with a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we'd love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again for more from Luke right here on The Simple Truth. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.